My name is Ali Pintucci, and this is Unfiltered, the place where we leave the heavily filtered world of social media and talk about anything and everything uncensored. From girl talk to personal wellness, surviving breakups, and hilarious stories in between, join me as I navigate through adulthood with real, unfiltered conversations. Alyssa is a productivity strategist for creative entrepreneurs and founder of Your Most Profitable Quarter Yet. A recovering procrastinator herself, she became obsessed with figuring out how the Oprahs, the Beyonces, and the Marie Forleos of the world were running empires, staying creative as fuck, and making it look easy. As soon as she figured this out, her business did a complete 180. She mastered the exact process to take entrepreneurs from overworked and underslept to productive, profitable, and free. And from all of that, her program, The Freedom Rebellion, was born. I'm so thrilled to have Alyssa on the show today. She comes highly recommended by friends and members of my team. And honestly, I know this episode is going to be useful for myself as well. So I'm 1000% someone who can relate to the overworked and underslept, but a lot of the time it feels like it comes down to my organization, my time management, and well, I'm the type of person who seriously needs accountability buddies in her life. And I think that's why having a team that I don't want to say they yell at me, but (laughs) they definitely, they definitely keep me accountable um, (laughs) for a lot of the things on my to-do list. So joining me today, we have Alyssa. Um, I'm very excited to have you on today. Where, where are you? Are you in Toronto? I just moved out of Toronto into like a little suburb of Toronto, like last month. Okay. Um, But yeah, basically Toronto for everyone else in the world. (laughs) Yeah. I'm actually from Toronto. Oh, really? So I moved to Guelph. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like becoming a country girl. I don't know what this is now, but it's like a very weird transition. (laughs) Well, a lot of my, a lot of my girlfriends are saying that so many people after quarantine were like, well, if we're not going back to offices, I guess this is happening at like a ton of cities, but if we're going to be working from home, like we can't, we're losing our fucking minds in our like 500 square foot apartments. mm -hmm. And like the whole great thing about living in a city sort of got taken away. Like everything that's sick about being in a city was gone and all the shitty parts were like amplified you know it's like yeah there's too many people that's a problem in a pandemic you live in a tiny ass apartment with your boyfriend that's a problem in the pandemic like yeah. there's no restaurants like everything that took your mind off of it was gone so we were like listen we need a little space <laughs> yeah and you're okay Here. so you like fully went for it you are out of the city now Here, so how are you was, yeah yeah it was like really bittersweet I had a, a lot of I had a lot harder of a time than I thought I would because I wasn't, I didn't grow up in Toronto. I never actually thought I would want to live there. I moved there like as a fun experiment. And it's like, once you're living in a city and also we like, um, my boyfriend was working in New York for a while. So we were like living Mm. in both places. And it was like, so jealous. Yeah. You become accustomed to this, like way of life where everything's so close by there's so much culture you can go at any given moment it's like oh you feel like seeing jazz tonight like yeah got you girl or like you feel like Ukrainian food (laughs) yeah I don't know why not so good for that too (laughs) yeah yeah so it was so anyway it was bittersweet but now I'm like I'm adjusting to it we're renovating this house so it's like a lot of kind of fun oh so you like bought a house yeah man oh okay I thought you're just like let's just rent a place in Guelph I'm like casual but okay So we like went all in. This is who we are now. Oh my God. I'm so excited for you. I mean, honestly, I think it makes such a difference when you have a partner. Cause I think like my partner right now is my dog. 
Okay. Not the same. <laughs> he would probably but like, love it here. <laughs> he would probably like, I think about for him, I'm like, he would love the burbs. But then I think about my single ass in the burbs and I'm like, I already struggle with Vancouver being slow. It is slow. Yeah. It is sleepy. It is nothing like Toronto. I mean, the nature is amazing here. And I love how, like, I love being on the West coast, but when I'm craving, like, I want to go out where I'm craving like city life, mm-hmm. Vancouver doesn't really energy. cut it. Yeah. yeah. It's a different pace. Yeah, totally. Totally different pace. Anyways, we're, we're on the podcast today <laughs> for a completely different reason. And, um, I think I'm going to classify or like categorize our official like virtual meet under divine timing because Mm -hmm. um, we were chatting a little bit before we started recording, but my management team and there's like a lot of people in my circle, like your name has popped up quite a bit and it's kind of like lighting a bit of a nagging fire under my ass (laughs) because I'm at that, like that point in my business and also that point in my life and I feel like there's a lot of people listening that are in that same transition as well where I'm like okay I see the potential of my business Mm. I'm not managing or prioritizing my time properly I'm exhausted and also biggest problem I am sometimes lazy (laughs) just like a minor (laughs) a minor little like detour um in the road to success but um your bio, like in reading a bit on your website and hearing a bit of your story. And I feel like a lot of people come from that place before they really like get their shit together and they're like, okay, it's go time. So can you tell us a little bit about how you were before you're in your role now and like what made you transition from like, I'm too lazy to do something to like, I'm going to now tell you how to successfully like manage your time. Yeah. Well, you know what? I think the way that I got into this world was really purely from a place of wanting to solve the problem for myself. I'm like, you were basically describing me. I'm the laziest girl you, you'll meet. <laughs> I procrastinated like my whole life. I used to always say like, I work really well under pressure, which basically just meant like I left shit till last minute and then somehow Same. did a good job. <laughs> but like, th- I always used to say, like think to myself like, okay, I did that in a night imagine if I had truly given myself as long as I had wanted it, it it's such a form of self-sabotage which we'll maybe get into later oh um, we will get into self-sabotaging because I am the queen <laughs> <laughs> well here's the that's the thing right like it is a, a, a sabotage on your own potential and so I was you know this is how I was my whole life I would like hand in papers late in university I'd be crying before exams because I just didn't fucking study for some reason and then you know, like I always thought to myself, like, what would, what would I be like if I actually got my shit together? And when you run a business, you, it's like a boot camp for your internal, like shit, right? It's like yeah. your limiting beliefs come up, your bad habits come up. Like you have to really look at your, take a hard look at yourself when you're the person who's bringing in your income or who's creating your life for yourself really. Right. And I just had this moment of being like, what am I doing? Like I started working for myself because I wanted to have this life of freedom. That's the whole reason that I did it. And you're not free. I was like in this (laughs) tiny Toronto, like den that was my office. I never left. I wasn't going to brunch. Like I wasn't living the life that I thought I was going to. And I wasn't even like, it's not even like I was hustling, you know, the stories of people who like hustle and like, then they're millionaires. Like I was like, nothing was really popping off for me. Like it was just okay. You know, it was fine. I was working a lot, but I wasn't making the type of income that I wanted for how much I was working. Like I might as well have got, 
I could, if I worked as many hours as I was as a waitress, I would be more baller than I was, <laughs> you know, working for myself. <laughs> so I was like, something has to change. And that's kind of when I went down this rabbit hole of figuring out, okay, what is productivity? Like, what does it look like? And also unpacking a lot of the layers around why we procrastinate because, you know, I wasn't just this person who's like naturally organized. I have some skills that um, made me like naturally quite good at it once I mastered it. I'm really grit for one. I look for the lazy way to do everything. Hey, if, in case you didn't know, that's actually productivity. Two, I can really easily see the big picture of things. And so that's why I was always really great at delegating, but I would still procrastinate. So it's, you know, I started looking at this, like, why are we procrastinating? Why are we doing these things? And how can I create system structure and like kind of a framework for myself that didn't feel restrictive? Because the whole reason I didn't want to be productive or like I hated the word time management. It felt like just this kind of like, like hovering yeah watching over like, you reprimanding yeah. kind of tone totally it's very like masculine energy um not you know male or female but the the energy of it and I hated that and so anyway that's kind of how I got down that rabbit hole and I really had to do a lot of work in terms of looking for ways that weren't that were designed for entrepreneurs. A lot of what's out there is really made for like the corporate world. It's like, hey, mm-hmm. here's how to get your employees to like literally just like pump stuff out all the time <laughs> and like, do, you know, and that wasn't the vibe I was going for. I really wanted to, I wanted to be able to work four day work weeks and still have a killer business. I wanted to be able to like leave my desk at three and not have that nagging feeling of like, bitch, get back to your desk. People are waiting on you. Like you're letting shit fall through the cracks. Um, I've gone off on a tangent, but I think no, <laughs> somewhere it's in good. there. Keep going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you figured out what wasn't working for you. And then mm-hmm. you had to consciously say, okay, I'm I'm wanting X. Yeah. But I'm my actions aren't in alignment with that. So I'm looking at it mm-hmm. and I can't reach it because I'm not. So like what was actually it's, it's so, I, we were in a world where we consume, even by me having mm-hmm. a podcast, you listening to this, we are constantly consuming. And there's, I feel like there's two types of people and depending on which day it is, I'm both of them. <laughs> but there's some people that are always really stuck in that must do more work, must learn more, personal mm-hmm. development this, must need this coach, need this. And it's like, okay, all great things. Yes, all amazing tools. Yes. But when are you actually going to stop learning and start applying totally the stuff that you're consuming? And some people can't, they're students for their entire life. Yeah. And so what was, what was that switch for you? Because there are days where I wake up and I'm like, I am the best. I am productive. <laughs> Look at me go. And then I won't do anything for three fucking days. <laughs> Just like, remember how good you felt on Monday? Why can't we do yeah. that every day? And you mentioned self-sabotaging. I did this like year of love course with Kelsey Grant. She's on a few episodes of the podcast. She is amazing. Mm -hmm. But one of the things she said to me, and that was like, we're pushing almost three years ago. She literally was like, the stories that you tell yourself, your actions subconsciously support that. So if your story is like, I'm not good enough, or I'm not smart enough, or I am lazy, or I am this, your actions subconsciously support that. And will self-sabotage you. And it's, it's wild. Have you read the four agreements? Yes. I'm, I'm listening to it right now. 
such an easy listen. It's like two hours it's long. Like, you finish the totally. whole book. But it's wild how complex yet simple it is when they talk about like white magic and black magic and like breaking mm. that down to like your words and like what yeah. you put out into the universe. And I'm it's just crazy. like, uh. The thing I love about that book is it's like such common sense that we almost ignore yeah we like take it for granted we're like oh yeah yeah we know that but it's so much so it's like when people are like well you know every nutritionist ever is like well just eat more vegetables and you're like no no I want like a different solution you know I don't want the one that like actually works eat less and move more no 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 that's too hard drink water a very difficult task you're like what about coffee what about coffee made with water yeah what about an Americano with ice cubes Okay. We're the worst. Okay, sorry. Um, so how no, did you, know, you get I, I from you, yeah? Yeah, I think you touched on a really important um point, which is on any given day I'm the same thing. Like, yes, I have days when I'm fucking on fire, and then I have days when I'm just not. And what I had to learn is how to create systems and structures to support a regular fucking human and not a robot. Like yeah. I'm not, and no employee is, nobody is. It's a it's definitely a more feminine approach because I had to create systems, automations, workflows, all the stuff that I'm like obsessed with now that will work for me when I'm PMSing and I'm going to sit on the couch and I'm going to watch RuPaul on repeat. And like, this is just how it's going to be today. And I wanted to be able to have that grace within myself. And here's the thing. Once I set those structures up, those days happened way less because they used to be a form of self-sabotage where I was like, uh, just ignore everything, go to this almost like dark place, you oh, know, yeah. where you're just like, it's like guilty and just like dirty. And you're like, <laughs> yes. Um, it just doesn't happen anymore. You're on because, season six of Love Island UK yeah. and you're just like, oh yeah. <laughs> like, disgusting. Yeah. It's like, it, it, it stopped happening. It really did. Of course, sometimes I have bad days or whatever, but um, you know, I, I just call them mental health days where you're like, listen, this is not happening for me today. I'm not the, I'm not a boss today. Okay. Um, but I know that my business is running effortlessly. I know I'm booking clients. I know it's, my business is growing. I know that anyone new who comes into my world is being nourished so that when I do show up and have my awesome days, they're like, all right, yeah, we're ready to buy. So it was really about creating this, like, I call it the safety net around the trampoline. It's like, if you don't have the safety net, you're like, okay, I'm just like bouncing a bit. Like, it's fine. When you have the safety net, you're like, maybe I'll try that backflip. Maybe I'll try this new creative project. Maybe I will, you know, take a whole day off. Like you have the freedom to try new things and to be actually more inspired and more creative and more, um, yeah, you, like you can have more momentum because you know you have your business, your business has your back. And what we do is the days when we're on, I call those my like Beyonce days when I'm just like, just everybody watch out. That's when we create these, these systems and these structures. That's when we put these things into place. That's when we put our plans into place. And then the rest of the time I come in as just like regular old Alyssa, who's like just a regular person who's trying to run a business. And I just follow through on whatever that, that, that Mm -hmm. best version of me has created for myself. I really don't want to make this whole podcast about the book, yeah, (laughs) the four agreements, because I mean, I think it's because I'm currently listening to it. And every time I'm just like, why is it so easy? But this, if you guys haven't read it, it's called The Four Agreements. Get the audiobook. It's like literally two hours, you're done. You pro- might have to listen to it a few times because you're like, wait, what? Yeah, yeah. But the the biggest takeaway from that so far is 
like be impeccable with your word. That's the first yeah. agreement. Yeah. And when they talk about the integrity around your words, it's not necessarily, it's like starting with you and before you even engage with other people and like something as simple as like, I want to achieve this or I want to feel better today or I want to do this, you've announced it and it's up to you to create it. And the only way you can achieve that is if you are impeccable with your word. So now going back to what you said with building your business, you don't have to go ham and like, build out your schedule for a week and be like, oh, I'm an entrepreneur. I must wake up at 4.30. I must make yeah, my oh, smoothie. Yeah. I must meditate. I must do this. I must do this. And now day four, you're fucking high strung and you're exhausted. Yeah. Being impeccable with your word can be something as simple as like surrendering to soften, to do things that support you feeling better, that are micro choices to get you closer to your goal. Mm-hmm. So I think I think that's actually something we should definitely talk about is the hardcore, (laughs) the hardcore hustle culture, busy culture, grind. I mean, social media likes to paint a picture of entrepreneurship and how it requires a 4.30 wake up. It's like that wake up and yeah, it's like that wake up and get shit done mentality. And to be honest, I'm not necessarily here to talk down to it. I think it's great to have a discussion around it because Four or five years ago, I was actually on that train of doing 4.30 wake-ups. And at the time, I, I loved it for a few reasons. I mean, no one else was really awake. And I felt like mm-hmm. I could truly have like quiet, untouched, totally. undisturbed time. You yeah. know, it, I felt like it gave me a head start to my day because at the time I was working a nine to five and I'm trying to like run a couple right. of businesses on the side. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to get up <laughs> casually. casually, right? <laughs> so I'm going to get up and like have this time. I like the you know, this set time to have my non-negotiables. And then also it's a challenge. You know, if you do something for 21 days, it's a habit. Yeah. So I'm like, can we do this for 20, 21 days and see if I'm all of a sudden an early riser? But <laughs> no, I'm a morning person. Yeah. But <laughs> there were also like a few reasons as to like why it really sucked. One, I didn't actually want to do it. I wasn't a morning person. Every day you woke up, I'm sure like, here we go. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, fuck. And then I was exhausted. It made me so useless throughout certain parts of my day where I felt like now something's slacking my health is my work at my nine to five is slacking like it wasn't sustainable so Mm -hmm. and but you know what I think people need to realize that running a business or being an entrepreneur and what you like it's not cookie cutter and Mm -hmm. what you see on social media or what you read about take that as a source of inspiration and adapt it to figure out what works for you yeah because I'm actually slowly like digging a hole for myself by waking up and doing something I actually don't want to do and now it's a chore and I don't like what I'm doing and what does that form resentment yeah and now I'm like you know, further away from you're my goal so right and I think you know there's something to be said about doing what feels good to you I did the exact yeah. same thing I had this whole morning routine that I thought it, we 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 start disconnecting from ourselves at I think it's at such a young age where we stop doing like what do I want to do what do I feel called to do like as if you know I just think about like how how I grew up my you know my parents weren't like well what do you feel you know like if I was struggling <laughs> with something they weren't like well what's your intuition telling you like you know that just wasn't the the conversation at my house no shade to my parents but no, my, my um, house know. either <laughs> yeah like that just wasn't how it is but we so we we disconnect from like what 
is truly going on inside us. And I had this whole same thing. With, okay, my morning routine, I'm an entrepreneur now. I got to wake up at five. I got to go for a run. Now I got to do yoga, have a smoothie, oil pull, like meditate. Right. Like I do it for two seconds. And then the next day I'm like, I'm not doing that. And then it creates this, like this. Now I'm pissed at myself because I can't totally. do it. And now You're I'm a failure. not good enough. Now I'm a failure. But here's the thing, when you do what actually feels good, so so I did something radical after doing this for like so long, I was like, fuck it, here's my morning routine. I, my alarm goes off, I press snooze once because I fucking love snooze. Everybody hates on snooze. I know the like chemicals of snooze and your brain doesn't like it. I like it, man. I like to click snooze and be like, I'm doing another nine minutes or whatever, however long snooze is. It feels luxurious to me. I snooze. I wake up and make coffee for my boyfriend and I we do something nice together or just drink our coffee together, whatever. That's my morning routine. Then I go to my desk. I'll do my five minute journal. That's it. Like that is a morning routine that, that gets me in the zone. And no, that's not in a book. That's not, and nobody listening should try to do that morning routine. Like that's just what felt good to me. And when you do what feels good to you and same with your business, when you follow like, you know, what you have a natural tendency for and what calls you, it's like honoring you're more productive. It. Yeah. You're yeah. more productive because it, we all know when we do something that we love, it's like time goes, you know, time goes by, you do it quickly. You don't have that resistance to it. Um, and I think you make such a good point about the four agreements, which is being impeccable with your word. And I always say setting unrealistic goals is just another form of self-sabotage. Totally. And we all do it. We fill our calendar with all this shit and we're like, I'm not going to do that. You know, you, you know, when you're putting it in, you're like, <laughs> that's not happening. Right. And that's just so bad for your, um, like your relationship with yourself. Yeah. It's that like the, the process of simplifying things is such a key takeaway. And I feel like I have to press that restart button often. And I had to reevaluate what restart meant. Mm. And I think one of the things that I found helpful, helpful for myself was changing what words meant mm. or like the weight of words because restart before would be like, Ooh, you failed. You didn't, you're starting Ooh, again, you, you know? So like restart was so bad. Mm-hmm. Restart was like, you fucked up. Now you have to start over. And now a restart is more of like a refresh, you know? Okay. We kind of got away from your goal. you're not feeling that great anymore. Let's evaluate why you're not feeling great anymore. Oh, you stopped getting your meals delivered. And that was actually a really important part of your week. Okay. Um, you actually only moved your body once this week. So, you know, we don't have to do HIIT training or CrossFit seven days a week, but you didn't, you didn't just, you didn't get any movement in that honored, like, you know, your body feels good when you move. And okay, then, like, why like, did you do that? Yeah, why did you do That's that? The real reason, yeah. And instead of, and I have to do this a lot, you guys. Like, I have to do this a lot because I go through these peaks and dips and peaks and dips, and I have to be like, okay, we're not feeling great. So, what are we gonna do next week, or what are we gonna do tomorrow, or what are we gonna do right now? <laughs> yeah, that can change that. And when I work with my with my coach. She's so funny because she'll be like, okay, so what are things that make you feel good? We make a list of like 10 things. And she's like, okay, we're going to do one of those things. <laughs> so for the next four days, 
can you promise me? Can you commit to me? Can you commit to yourself that you will wake up, you will not touch your phone and look at it first thing in the morning, and you will meditate? And it doesn't have to be like a 20-minute deep TM that you like doing. Can you just do 10 minutes of mindful meditation before you start your day? Four days. But as soon as I started doing that, I'm like, okay, now I'm feeling like I can add a little bit more. I feel good. It's like that. I want more of that. It's momentum. It's momentum. But we have to stop looking at the, the pauses as failure. It's just like, okay, let's just start doing what works again. Because otherwise, that's when you start to, for me anyways, go down into like, oh, fuck, I've been doing nothing for three months. Time <laughs> goes by fast. <laughs> oh, yeah. Especially in 2020, there's some sort of accelerator. <laughs> it is on. wild how fast time feels like it's. <laughs> is going this year considering we've been inside for like how many months ever yeah I love that and I think you know when I uh I can't remember how long ago it was but when I first read in a course of uh, a course in miracles they say there is no failure only feedback Mm. and it's like such a powerful way to look at everything that goes wrong everything is even you know a failed launch or, you know, whatever, (laughs) a feedback launch, you know, maybe your launch (laughs) doesn't go how you planned or that client, you know, that client cancels with you or just everything, everything that you suddenly feel is like, you know, or maybe this team member isn't working out instead of being pissed off about it or, you know, all the emotions that I used to feel, I have to always come back to this, like, okay, what is the, what's the feedback here? What do I need to learn? What, so maybe I haven't moved in a week. It's like, well, what's the feedback? What am I getting? Oh, I hate hit workouts. And I keep trying to force myself to do them because I secretly, you know, hate my body. And like, now I'm down a deep rabbit hole of figuring yeah. out why am I treating myself this way? It's such a more reflective way of like looking at my life and it's, I'm not like perfect. So I don't do, like, I still get pissed off about stuff regularly. Yeah. And it's like doing it from a place of like nourishing and not punishment. I like, and that I have to like check myself on that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. If what is like, what are three things that people can start doing right now to implement better productivity in their lives? Like simple, easy things that are like almost might almost feel like revolutionary when they get into the swing of it. Yeah. Number one thing that I swear by is my calendar. So if I could just give one piece of advice, it's like figure out a way to create some, especially if you're an entrepreneur, to create some type of calendar. Hey, you can have two things in your calendar all week. I don't care what it is, but I want you to start creating this relationship with your calendar that just like you said, you're impeccable with. What's in my calendar? My calendar is my boss. What's in there is 100% non-negotiable. If I need to, you know, life comes up, I need to move it over to Thursday from Tuesday, that's fine. But what's in there needs to happen each and every week because when I'm in my, you know, best version of myself, like I mentioned before, and I've created this calendar for regular Alyssa, (laughs) I'm very intentional with what's going in there, right? So I'm not giving her too much to do. I'm not, you know, just throwing a million things at her to give her this like crazy morning routine that she's never going to do. I mindfully put things into my calendar. And if I accomplish them when I have them in my calendar, I'll hit my goals. And it's just that simple. And it seems like this 
like it just like four agreements are just like eating vegetables it's like it's too good to be true but it's really not you just do what you say you're going to do and you will hit your goals and and therefore be more productive right Mm -hmm. so having this relationship with your calendar is the first most important thing you can do um you know some other things that I love that are more productive that make you more productive instantly give yourself more time maybe double as much time as you think tasks are going to take you because what I see like without fail every entrepreneur do they're like okay I need today I need to what do I need to do write an Instagram post I'm gonna that takes me like 20 minutes 20 minutes no problem write an Instagram (laughs) post girl no it doesn't it takes you an hour or it takes you you know even if it takes you 25 minutes then what happens is you're behind instantly you're behind right so now you're like oh shit I'm behind it that was only supposed to take me 20 minutes now I'm you know now I'm supposed to be working on the image and now I'm supposed to be doing this whatever the next thing is and you create the opposite you create that resistance for yourself it's a lack of momentum as entrepreneurs the best thing we can do for ourselves is is feel like we're ahead of the game so if I if I give myself 40 minutes and it only takes me 25 I'm like I'm done quickly. Um, you know, I'm, I'm ahead of the schedule. I'm going to go get myself a coffee. I'm going to take a little break and then I'm going to come back and do the next thing. It's like, it's honestly such a simple little hack and it feels so spacious and so good. And I think when a lot of people think, and especially this is what I thought, when I thought of having a calendar, I thought it had to be this like micromanaged, just like totally. every minute accounted for. And it doesn't, it can be like so much white space and it feels so freeing. I... I don't want to say I was late to the calendar game, but I didn't, I was late to appreciating Mm, the calendar game because I think it was like, yeah, it's like, oh, okay. I got another thing to do. Okay. Or like, can we talk about actually, no, give your third tip. And then we're going to talk about busy culture in the calendar. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Busyness is so glorified. It's insane. Um, Okay, let me get a third. T- I don't have a third tip ready, so we can change the subject. So let me think of <laughs> No pressure. Two tips. So two things. <laughs> two tips. Two things. We don't put yeah. extra time in it. <laughs> yeah. And if you use, like I use Calendly, um, there are yeah. other tools that people can use where you can literally, if like someone wants to book a meeting with me, I'm like, here's my calendar. Put in a time mm-hmm. that works for you. You can make it so simplified. And the best things about like, I'll only speak to Calendly because that's what I use, but it adds buffer time on there for me. Yeah. Like, and the buffer time is something that I, I don't think anyone really ever thinks about until you're like, why am I on edge and stressed <laughs> all day? And like I'm like rushing this person off the phone with me like a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause I'm such an anxiety, like driven person when it comes to time, like my friends listening are probably rolling their eyes, but like <laughs> I have friends who are always fucking late <laughs> And I'm like, you know who you are, you know who you guys are. (laughs) And my whole thing around it is like, if we say we're going to meet at 10, let's just show up at 10. If you want to meet at 1030, that's cool. Just tell me 1030. (laughs) (laughs) Like you have the power to do whatever you want. Just be impeccable with your word and show the fuck up so I don't, I don't waste my time thing. I'm the same way I'm the same and I'm like the person who schedules my meeting with my friend like a week in advance it's not like hey what are you doing right now that's not happening in my world I think I get anxious because it's so common for people to not be on time for things that I feel weird that I'm annoyed about yeah like if I'm going to be two minutes late for an appointment, I'm like, oh my gosh, 
Oh my gosh, I'm keeping that person waiting. It's anyways. you know what else? The, and this is something that drives me crazy and has nothing to do with productivity. But do you notice, like, <laughs> for example, I was at the bank last week. I booked an appointment for 12 o'clock. Hey girl, I have I'm running a business. I booked in an hour. I came here at 12, and I see the woman who I'm about to have an appointment with talking with her coworkers at 12.05. I'm like, what is going on in this world? That like, like if a bank isn't even keeping their appointments, like this is not a doctor's office. I was like furious. Well, we won't even talk about doctor's office because they're notorious for being late. And I'm like, cool so, that your patient was late, but they're done at their time. Let me in for mine. I'm in, but I'm here. Anyways. Man. <laughs> yeah. anyway, I get really so rattled and heated. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I think you're right. Like there's so many, every one thing, here's my third tip. Everything that you do every single week, when you're creating your calendar, you're going to go through your week and say, hey, here's what I do every single week. I want you to look at each one of those things and ask yourself, number one, do I have to do these things? Can I just like get rid of it entirely? You'll be Mm -hmm. surprised (laughs) how much stuff. But number two, ask yourself, is there a way to automate this? And if I don't know, is there someone I can ask? And like, maybe there's a way to automate it because especially now, like you can automate almost everything. And so the things that you're spending the most time on putting some sort of systems in place for those things is going to give you back your time. And that's all Mm -hmm. like, to me, that's really, I always say my freedom is my currency. Like that's what I care about. I don't, you know, I I need that time back. That's what actually makes me money. I love that. Is that, so are these tips different? Um, You, you, one of your talking points or one of like your, your pillars that you're speak about, you speak about are four distilled daily business habits of high earners and high achievers. So are some of these tips in alignment with that? Or are these different? Like, what do you mean by that? Yeah. So what that means is every single day, can you hear my cat guy? Can you hear that? (laughs) No, I can't hear him. (laughs) He's like screaming outside my door. I don't know how he learned how to do that. But anyway, um, (laughs) as long as you can't hear it. Okay, so every day there's four things that I do that top dogs are doing. And this was like an obsession for me for a while. I would like study people's daily routines. um, And I wanted to know like, what did all these people have in common who were really creative, but still seemed like they were just like getting so much done. Like, you know, I would look at like Elon Musk and I'm like, how do you, what's going on here? Like you've got like seven businesses, like what's happening? Um, you know, or even whatever. I was obsessed with like Marie Forleo's daily routine and Beyonce. And like, I just studied them all. And what I realized is that most of them, especially entrepreneurs have these things in common. Number one, every single day in some way, they prioritize their mindset, specifically business mindset. And this is exactly what we were talking about. Like when you're an entrepreneur, it's a mental game and you are so often the biggest bottleneck in your own company because of your own shit that's coming up, your own limiting beliefs, your own lack of um, awareness around, okay, maybe I need to be a better delegator or maybe I need to hire someone to do this job that I hate doing and it's holding up my business. So number one, um, we focus on mindset. So in some way, and you can do whatever you want for your mindset. Um, number two, in some way, every one of these people grew their business actively. So not just, you know, you have advertising, advertising running or something like that. Every day they found one way to grow their business. And so we focus on this actively every day. I do, my team does, like all my clients do this. And 
anyway, depending on what you know industry you're in, this will look different. But you want to ask yourself, how do I do this without just relying on the ads that I have going or hoping that someone's going to follow me on Instagram today or just like, you know, crossing your fingers and hoping your business is going to grow. How do I grow my community? Yeah. (laughs) Like you Um, can't catch any fish if you don't go fishing. People are like, what the hell are you talking about? I love that. I love that. Well, here, that, that's going to play, that's going to be perfect for number four, but number three is what we call nourishment. So no matter what business you're running, you have an audience that you need to be nourishing actively every single day. So again, it's like you may have, um, you know, content that's going out for you or whatever. This is not that. This is how do I actively nourish the people who are here? It can be one person, maybe send a voice note, like it can be anything but we, I see people skip this step so often and go from growth to trying to do number four, which is to make an offer. And so again, um, you know, you need to, hey, if you run a business, you need to ask people to pay you or make them an <laughs> offer every single day. And again, I hope you have systems that are doing this for you, but also you'll notice, or, or maybe you won't notice, but something I've seen a lot is my clients who will have, you know, a low sales month where they, you know, don't hit their targets, we'll look at how many offers they were making. Was their community even aware of what's going on in their business right now? And so often the answer is just straight up no. Maybe they are the opposite and they just are full nourishment. They've got two podcasts and they post on Instagram every single day. Fuck, I nourish my business so much. I need more offers. Yes. And so maybe they do all of these, all of this nourishment, but then they're like, well, how come no one's just reaching out? They they think someone's going to just slide into their DMs and be like, Hey, can I pay you? I hate to tell you that rarely happens. (laughs) Like it really doesn't happen that often. So prioritizing those four areas and those four areas equally every single day. And you'll notice where your natural tendencies lie, but these are the four distilled daily business habits and they look different in every business. But when you get down to it, these are the four things you need to be doing every single day. Don't skip a day. Well, you can skip weekends, but like we don't skip a day. (laughs) Yeah. And so break down some examples of what offers would be. Would that be like, join my mailing list? Would that be like, here's my new package. Here's a course. Like, yeah, are some good examples. Joining my mailing list would be growth. So that would be growing your email list in some way. Um, But that's a great, like a lot of people do get that confused because they're like, well, I have an offer, you know, for people to download my free thing. Like that's not really, um, you know, a pay. This is this is some way for people to pay you. And here's the thing: a lot of people have resistance around this because they're like, well, I don't want to just, you know, go on Instagram stories every day and say like, hi. So I still have that free. I still have that, um, you know, package, and you can still purchase it here. And you're like saying the same thing over and over again every day. But what this does is a couple cool things. Number one, it forces you to get really creative about how you speak about your offer. And you should be able to go five days a week and either talk about different offers or even better, be able to talk about your offer in different ways so you never feel like a broken record. And number two, the more you talk about this offer, especially when it's a new offer or if you're a new entrepreneur, you're going to find out really quickly what people are attracted to. So like, what are the words that every time I say it like this, then people get in my DMs and maybe you make an offer one day and nobody, you know, says anything or, or nobody clicks the links in your email, 
that's a clear sign like of your marketing. But yeah, like asking someone to book a discovery call with you would be a great way to make an offer without saying, hey, you know, I have this thing, it costs $200. Um, or you straight up talk about your offer. So, hey, you know, I have this program, it's called your most profitable quarter yet. I was just talking to one of my clients in that program. Here's what's going on with her. And now, you know, she just had, you know, this cool outcome this month. If you're interested in joining the program and like, you know, you want the same kind of thing, book a call with me or DM me and uh, I'll send you the link to the program or swipe up and find out the details about it. You need to be able to talk about that every single day. And like, this is a huge trigger, I think for a lot of people because we don't want to sound salesy and that's the whole yeah. point actually, yeah. right? And there's also a lack of confidence. Like you'll see it as your business evolves with like me selling myself a year ago versus like oh, where yeah. I'm at now, even three months ago, I'm just like, whoa, you evolve. But that's why I think it's so important to be so connected to your branding and there's this misconception around what branding is. People are like, oh, I'll do your branding. You're like, no, you made me a logo, picked me two fonts and like gave me six colors. You made this in Canada. That's, yeah, <laughs> that is such a trigger. Like it's such a trigger for me because now everyone does branding. Everyone's a social yeah. media manager. Everyone's a photographer. Yes. And <laughs> I'm going to try not to go down that rabbit hole, <laughs> but the actual physical, like building your brand it's not just like, it's like building a house. Okay. You're not just going to be like, I'm going to buy all these decorations from my house. If you haven't fucking built it, you're going to like, let's, what does the house look like? Why are we putting the the house here? Yeah. Yeah. Like how do we build this foundation? And that's really coming down to like, who are you and why do you want to exist? What is your vision? What are your values? What is your mission? And every single thing you create should be supporting that. And, you know, it's scary and it's confusing. And sometimes you have to like pivot and, you know, change things up. But for the longest time, I felt like I I was creating stuff that didn't support what Mm -hmm. I wanted because I didn't actually fucking know what I wanted. And that really showed in my work until like, And, um, and what people do is they start then seeing what people want. Yeah. And then they create that, which is like so opposite of totally what feels good to sell, right? Yeah, and it's not, it doesn't support your stuff. Until yeah. like a month ago, I was like, I had I came up with a brand new mission statement for myself. Mm. I came up with a new mantra, and I'm like, that feels good. You know, my name's Allie. I help build brands. I take photos, and I help shape the way people and businesses show up online. So now when I create, it's not like, okay, now we take pictures and your Instagram looks like this. It's like, no, what does that look like when you break it down into four or five content pillars? How do each of those content pillars support that? Okay. Now what, what would each of those pieces of content look like? So I think all the information you're getting, giving is super, super helpful and a must do for anyone's business. But I also, if you're listening to this and you're in that situation, or maybe you're a startup or you have a personal brand, you need to get so clear on who you are and why you exist or else you're creating for the sake of creating. You're posting because fuck, I have to post on Instagram today. Oh my God, what am I going to (laughs) write? And you're actually going to be more mindful about what other people are doing around you instead of like, creating to support your business. And you mentioned something so powerful about making offers to your community. And the one thing that hit me as you said that 
is like vanity metrics on Instagram. Mm. If you are focused on a number and you have giveaways and ghost followers and, you know, I'm, I experienced that because I started my account on a one, on one niche and I've changed my niche three times. So now I have 35,000 followers, but majority of those followers came to me when I was shooting landscape travel photos and now I'm, (laughs) and now I'm an entrepreneur. So I start to, what you said really hit home when I'm making offers to my community, I'm like, man, it's going to be, it needs to be a priority of mine to make sure I'm growing my community with quality engaged people that are actually going to appreciate what I'm saying. Because if you're just like, shit, now I need 30,000 followers and you take the shortcut way, you're building this page, but you're not going to find it supporting your business because none of those people are going to buy anything from you. They're not going to take you up on those offers. It is really weird. I actually just, one of my clients DM'd me last night and she was saying like, um, I don't remember how the conversation started, but one thing that she mentioned is like, I see, you know, so many of your clients are having these like big wins when it comes to their numbers or their followers or their growth. Um, I just don't feel like I'm, you know, measuring up. And I said to her, what do you mean? You just closed eight clients. And she was like, oh yeah, I guess. I'm like, dude, why the fuck are we doing any of this? None of that, you know, it all kind of matters. But the reason we're growing and the reason that we want all of this stuff is so that we can close high quality clients, which she's already doing. And so I think something about current marketing and the landscape of social media has definitely shifted It's a fake ass influencer world that needs to fucking stop. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, it's made us focus on these weird yeah. things that's like, hey, you have clients whose lives you're changing. Let's all just chill on everything else because that's what matters. And the fact that you have, you're building a well-oiled machine that's established with clients yeah. you trust and pay you that if Instagram were to not exist tomorrow, hey, you'd still have a fucking job. Yeah, yeah. I know. It's, it is it, hard. It does it's scare the, me. It does scare me when I meet people whose entire businesses are on Instagram. I love Instagram, but it's like it is a little bit scary when um, your whole income relies on that, uh, and you don't have started this like backup plan, like you said. Yeah, it is terrifying because most of my work through the agency that I have is creative work for photos, yeah. and a lot of those photos right now are for social content. for a lot of clients. So it does really scare me where I'm just like, yeah, you have like, I can pitch bigger clients. Like, whereas like, you know, I used to shoot commercial and lifestyle and travel and all that, but a lot of brands now are going to influencers to shoot that content and they're not hiring photographers anymore because they don't have to pay an influencer. Yeah. Influencer be like, oh, I'll shoot your, your 2020 (laughs) brand campaign. Yeah. Just send me to, just send me to the Maldives. And I'm like, (laughs) And no one got paid for that job. So super, super weird. Yeah. Anyway, I feel like I have all these side paths. Changing. Yeah. I have all these yeah. side paths of like tangent tangents that I'm just like, should we go down it? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> should we go? Should we? I think it's cool though, because you know, one of the most important things that entrepreneurs can do is just like be um flexible, you know, like we are learning, especially now, like mediums are changing every day right like tiktok was here now it's who who knows what's up with tiktok i think it's gone you know it's now there's reels (laughs) like you kind of have to be flexible and um i think 
there was a lot of fear for me. Actually, I always remember this thing my dad said to me when I was first starting my business and I had no other job. I was living in Toronto. I was like, how the freak am I going to pay my rent? And, uh, you know, we were, I was talking to him and I was like, well, what if like, you know, what if something happens and like the internet just, (laughs) I think I just said like, if the internet goes away or like, what am I going to do? Like, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm deciding from now that I'm not going to go down this, you know, I went to university, I had a degree in environmental politics, like, you know, it was not what I'm doing now. And I didn't have, I wasn't getting a job, or I quit my job. And, you know, what am I going to do? And he said, well, you'll figure it out. And that's it. That's all he said. And I remember thinking, like, later on that night, like, oh, yeah, I'll figure it out. Like, you know, if that happens, which hopefully it doesn't. I'll figure it out. And I think that's such a lesson for like every step of the way with entrepreneurship. We can be worried like, oh, what if Instagram, you know, dies tomorrow? And like now all of us don't have a, what would we do? I don't know. But um, we have a lot of free time, I guess. But we would figure it out. I also don't think you choose that. It's interesting sometimes that I chose the path of entrepreneurship because my anxiety is just so high. Because I'm like, I don't think you should choose the entrepreneurial path if you're like, I want a little bit of security. Yeah, not at all. No. I want a little you bit of sanity, be... some schedule, some routine. It's like, yes, they, it comes with it. But yeah, sometimes people think like, oh, BYOB. You're like, my some of my friends, even my family is like, well, Ali doesn't do anything. And I'm like, just because I don't go to a physical office <laughs> doesn't mean I don't have a full fucking work day. When your mom calls you at like 2 p.m. It's like, you want to go to the mall? You're like, no, what are you talking about? I'm actually like, the one that calls my mom and she's like, um, excuse me, I'm at work. I have a job. <laughs> and I'm like, first of all, rude. <laughs> well, I do have a job. <laughs> and second of all, I make my own hours. I choose, I I get to choose when I, I favor those words of exactly. be my own boss. Um, okay. So last thing I want to talk to you about, um, yeah. you chat a lot about triple bottom lines that you coach yes. your clients on. So what are those and how do you work with your clients with, um, on those? Yeah. So this is more of a personal endeavor, um, than something I teach my clients, but I do, I guess, try to lead by example in this way. What I believe is that the new frontier of running businesses and like, I think right now we're living in an era where there's a new wave of entrepreneurs. There's a new wave of people who are making money in this world. And I want to be a responsible business. You know, a lot of the, especially the way we grew up was with companies who were shady as fuck and still are. (laughs) And, you know, like this, that's not the type of business I want to run. So having a triple bottom line means that you don't only measure your the success of your company or like every single month by just profit or what your like actual, what people would call the bottom line is. We also measure a bottom line based on impact. So the triple bottom line is people, planet, profit. So, um, you know, how is your company affecting the planet or how are you? you? I mean, you could do this as a, you know, your personal triple bottom line, if you want. Um, how are you affecting the planet? Like, is what you're doing unsustainable for the freaking world? Which I wish companies would have asked their, themselves, uh, you know, 30, 40 years ago, we'd be in a different situation than we're in right now. Um, and what about people? So this can be like, um, just, you know, on a small scale, how's your team, you know, treating, I think running a a business as a feminist is paying your team well, treating your team appropriately, uh, not appropriately, obviously I'm not like, <laughs> <laughs> don't 
congrats to your team members. Um, <laughs> you know, but like treating them how you would want to be treated when you were working for someone, right? Like, you know, just um, human. <laughs> yeah, just human or like, yeah. Uh, but also on a grander scale, like, um, how are you affecting society? Like, are you contributing to the betterment of our human, you know, um, culture in some way, shape, or form? And we, you know, we have to be very diligent with assessing all three equally because I think so often just this is how the world is. And even when we do our numbers every month, it's like, well, how much did we make? But again, we have to, we have to ask ourselves like, okay, how much did we make? How much did we donate? How's our team doing? How's everybody's, you know, creativity? How's everybody's life? Are we working ourselves to the bone? Like maybe we had a bomb month and we took home a lot of, you know, cash, but everybody's tired. They fucking hate me. <laughs> you know, It's like, maybe if we're talking about fe- feminism, we shouldn't use this analogy, yeah. but it's like that happy wife, happy life. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, hmm, are we My still allowed to say that? Mm. Oh God. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Um, a hundred percent though. Happy work wives. (laughs) Happy work lives. (laughs) That's so funny. No, that's all such amazing points. That's my mission. And it's actually quite interesting. Like I talk about it a lot, but it's not something that I tell people they have to do, of course, like (laughs) kind of defeat the whole point, but I love so much. Like when I'm reviewing a client's sales page or their offer pages and I'll scroll to the bottom and it will say, you know, every purchase here supports the ocean or like I'm assuming there's a specific fund or, you know, we send a girl to school every year and like all of this stuff. And it's really great to just see how you being, you know, one of my uh, mentors always says that you should be very public with your philanthropic um, endeavors. And it's really is the best way to motivate other people, not by saying you should do this because nobody well, maybe some people, but I think most of us feel like we don't like someone telling us what to do, right? Especially when it's with our money or uh, or guilting us, you know, like when you're like, do you want to donate to so-and-so today? And you have to be like, no, at the grocery store and you're like, I'm a bad person. It's just choosing something not for show because you support yeah. it and it's in alignment yeah. with you and literally like up your prices, $20 and invoice, yeah. no one would fucking know. No, it doesn't. And and guess what? Here's the other co- really cool thing about making every one of your, like uh, making a portion of your um, sale go to a great cause. You're so much more motivated to sell stuff because you're like, okay, we need to send two, these two freaking girls are not going to go back to school this year. If we don't, if we don't bring in some cash right now and think about how motivating that is when I was in university, I was in all these different, like, um, NGOs and all this stuff. And I would bring home, bring in the biggest donation checks. And I just had a vision of you in a UNICEF costume. <laughs> I was the Santa like, doing the, no, that's Salvation Army. The UNICEF, you know, and you were like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. they would give you those big ass boxes and you'd totally. be like, oh, put it in. <laughs> yeah, okay. That wasn't exactly Sorry. me. But, um... <laughs> hey, I did it. I'm not judging. So yeah. I just had a I childhood mean... flashback in Ontario. <laughs> good but here's the thing like you can do that all damn day but then when it comes to making your own offers like I think some of us are a little bit shy right yeah so it's like what's the difference here um and maybe incorporating it it's a really it's like a nice byproduct and now you feel like you're it's not it's just nice to feel like you have a bigger purpose you know 
it's like I win and you win. Yeah, and, totally. And when I, when I sign clients, it's like I win, you win, and so does the planet. Or yeah. so does, you know, it, it's like, it's such a beautiful thing. And um, yeah, you should try it. Everybody should try it. <laughs> I love that. Okay, so you coach. You have it. You're a coach. <laughs> sometimes words come out of my mouth. Sometimes they don't. Okay. So you're a coach. You have a ton of offers for your community. Um, there are obviously ways that people can work with you in different capacities, but I'm going to link all your contact info for people to connect with you. But how does someone actually know that they're ready to work with you? Like what's yeah. your onboarding stuff and what kind of client or person are you looking for? And you know, how should they connect with you? Yeah, so the work that I do is really based in creating systems in your business. We didn't talk a lot about that today, so you might not know it, but- We can talk about it now. Tell us a story. It's fine. This is my podcast. We can do whatever we want. I make the rules around here. Um, Yeah, I I work with people to create systems and structure in your business. So your business runs for you, kind of like we were talking about in the beginning. So when I want to take a day and just like PMS and do nothing, my business runs itself and I have more freedom. The people that I- the only people that I like to work with are the people who know that they're freaking good at what they do, or they can get their clients results. I like working with the people who are like, hey, I can work with a client and I can change their life, or I can, you know, I can get someone's brand in my hands and I can, I can blow their mind. The problem is I need, you know, more time back in my life. I need clients to be coming to me so I can spend time doing what I really love, getting inspired or, you know, so I'm not completely burnt out, just like branding all the time. And I'd never go to a museum and like feel inspired or whatever you do to get inspired. Um, Yeah, those are the people that I really love to work with because it's not my job to help you um, hone your skills. There's so many great coaches for that. But where I really come in is when you're like, I'm fucking great at what I do. Let's get me some more clients and do it in a way that's more productive and where I have more freedom and uh, I can make more money. If I wanted to build a course as an offer, would you be the person to go to? Yeah, man. Okay, we're gonna have to have a chat. <laughs> now I'm like, hi- I, now I'm like hijacking this. I'm like, and now this is my my consult with you, and people are still listening. <laughs> oh, I should do. I should make a podcast where it's just consult. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> hey, that would probably be sick. I love. I that. once heard of like side note. I once heard of a podcast of a woman who's a relationship therapist. And her podcast is literally just her sessions. Isn't that crazy? I just got goosebumps. I love yes, that. It's That's so, so crazy. Cool. I don't know how she like legally does that, but it's like so cool. Probably have permission. Just sign a, sign a little form. I guess. Imagine. Yeah. I would never do hey, that. Hey, some people are open books. I had my coach on an episode that airs on this week. I don't know. I don't actually know when you guys are going to be listening to this, but... <laughs> I'm like throwing out dates, like feeling like that's cool. Um, episode two of the podcast is with Christine and she's um, one of my coaches and she's working with me a lot on shadow work. Mm. Um, but same thing. I was like, I'm an open book. So let's just reference our sessions and, and talk. Let's and it's also talk. helped me like yeah. normalize some stuff. I think too, like, yeah, you're hearing me speak personally, but if you're a business owner, I think a lot of the times you carry a lot of shame because you're mm-hmm. like, Ooh, I'm not the internet has a great way of making everyone seem like they're fucking killing it. I know. I can make I you guys think that I'm a baller up to everything next week from literally sitting on my couch. <laughs> but 
it adds so a lot true. of pressure and stress and shame. It and you're like, is. this person's doing this and I'm not doing that. And I'm not good enough. And then you're or they're making that. this much. Yeah. Like, I really have a problem with this. Like I, I talk about it all the time. So <laughs> people probably think I hate these people, but you know, I made seven figures in three weeks. It's like selling okay. skincare. Yeah. I was like, can we just, do we have to do this? Because when I first started my business, I felt like such a failure for so long Yeah. because I wasn't hitting this like crazy milestone. That was basically a marketing lie, a way of lying. It was like their seventh business. Yeah. <laughs> it was their seventh business. And they were like, of course you made it in two weeks. You you're, you know, whatever. Anyway, <laughs> but it's true. You feel <laughs> like so much like it's shame around it and you feel like you're not good enough. And I think, especially when you're like new and you don't have the context of yes what's, what's reality yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so people listening if if someone is fully new to starting their business are you a good person to contact for coaching or do you recommend like what's a good ecosystem that you're recommending like someone kind of comes to you prepared with yeah so you have to know what you want to do. Like you don't have to have your you know program ready. We help you create your actual like what is your signature philosophy is what I call it. Like what's the thing that you believe can change people's lives in X, Y, and Z area? And it can literally be like in it could be in anything, right? Like in branding, that would change my life if That's I went to be this my program, course, right? Yes, love it. So. <laughs> You just have to know exactly what that is. Then we build that out. The other person who's, you know, maybe not the, like my program wouldn't be the perfect fit is if you do have a lot of limiting beliefs, uh, like so much so that you have, you're almost paralyzed with how maybe you don't feel good enough or whatever it is. Um, there isn't a lot of like, I don't claim to be a mindset coach in any way. I do a lot of my own inner work. So there's conversations about it always happening, but there are times when I, um, you know, I'll tell people, you know, I think maybe you need to see a life coach for a little bit before you're ready to take action. What, what we do in my programs is take a lot of action. This is about so being only productive. go to Alyssa if you're ready to fuck shit up. Yeah, man. Yeah. I, my clients always hate it when I'm like, they come to me with some shit and I'm like, so you're going to need to meditate on that. And then <laughs> here's the action I want you to take. And then let's get to work. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Amazing. There, I feel like there are so many good conversations and takeaways for people and actionable items um, that I think are so great. People that can like, literally, I want you to be able to turn off this podcast and go to Google and like open your calendar and yeah. start to simplify, simplify things for your life. Honor what fucking feels good. Prioritize and be gentle. You're learning, you're navigating. And if you just commit to those things, people will find your way. You're going to start to find a groove and it's going to like, it's literally, it's going to be okay. And you're going to fail. Like be okay <laughs> with no failure. Only feedback. From yeah. Me. <laughs> oh, sorry. Okay. I didn't get that takeaway. I forgot. <laughs> um, okay. Alyssa, thank you so much for coming. Um, last thing, best, yeah. best way for people to connect with you. Connect with me. You can connect with me on Instagram. It's at alyssacoleman.ca. And I'm sure I will have something there for you to do next. You can, yeah. <laughs> I actually have a whole workshop on calendars that's free. So amazing. Message me about it. <laughs> amazing. Thank you so much. See you soon. Thanks for listening to Unfiltered. Be sure to visit alipintucci.com slash podcast to join in on the conversation, access the show notes, and discover any additional content or resources that we talked about on today's episode. And remember, if you like what you heard today, hit subscribe to make sure that you don't miss out on any future episodes.